Welcome, Austin and Jim. It's been reported recently that Korea has developed miniaturized nuclear warheads, whatever that means. Uh, most warheads aren't too small that I know of. But uh, apparently that's been reported. Jim, I know we've talked about this this before. We've talked about it with Iran. We've talked about it with uh, Korea. But mating a nuclear warhead to a ICBM is no easy task. Can I mean... Where, what more is there to this report? What is happening? Why, why has this even come out? Is uh, I know it's a leak from the intelligence arm, but it it may or may not be true. Uh, they the, the thing that gets me is is that they say okay we don't have good intelligence on North Korea, but we know that that we've been able to identify that they've got these these uh, nuclear warheads now that they can put on their ICBMs. It all sounds like a bunch of uh, BS, right? Sounds like uh, 2003 all over again. With Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Yeah, let's let's compare Kim Jong-un's situation with Saddam Hussein. Uh, Saddam uh, admitted before he was died, before he was executed, that uh, the uh, he did not have uh, he had shut down his weapons of mass destruction, you know, his nuclear program, uh, but he wanted to make the uh, Iranians believe that it still existed and that he had uh, more weapons than he actually did. Now, this was a very contentious issue. It turns out he did have some, <laughs> you know, chemical weapons. Uh, he still had the, the scientists who could uh, create them. Uh, and they recently uh, revived some of their, their rocket scientists and are now uh, developing and, and producing uh, ballistic missiles again. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, he admitted that he played games with the, uh, the UN, you know, uh, 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 inspectors um, and that it was vital uh, that he make the Iranians believe or not be sure that he does, didn't have uh, at least chemical weapons, uh, if not nuclear weapons. And this was a matter of life and death for him because the Iranians very much wanted him dead. Most people don't appreciate that. Uh, there was a real hatred. I mean, we're talking intense between uh, Iran and primarily Saddam Hussein for what he did during the 1980s during that war which was very damaging to Iran it was very embarrassing because they couldn't win it um, Kim Jong-un is in a similar situation he desperately needs a hammer a weapon a scare that can get the kind of concessions he's basically trying to extort you know uh, cash oil whatever uh, from whoever he can in order to keep his uh, economy going, you know, it, it's 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 at five, it's less than five percent the size of the uh, of the uh, South Korean uh, government. Um, it's it's going nowhere. It, it, it collapsed in the 1990s when the Russians cut off their their subsidies, which had kept them uh, going for you know decades. Uh, and uh, even if they pour everything in to their uh, ballistic missile and their nuclear programs, they haven't proven that they produced anything approaching a, you know, a, a modern, you know, a usable uh, nuclear weapon. I mean, they've had all these nuclear tests, 
But, you know, we reported this, and it's it's a matter of public record. The first few were basically a failed, you know, uh, weapon design. Uh, the other ones got better, but they were still small weapons and apparently very large. Now there's been no pictures. The North Koreans are very careful to um, – uh, to hide from outside view uh, any pictorial evidence that they didn't want to present. In other words, they presented some pictures which were you know, basically could have been anything, saying, oh, this is our, our miniature record, uh, miniature nuclear warhead. Um, but it proved nothing because it, it showed, you know, just a, a shell that could have had anything in it, and it probably did, but not nuclear. Um, uh, we have detailed repeatedly the steps it has to go through in order to actually achieve miniaturization. Uh, miniaturization is, a, is primarily an engineering uh, uh, you know, project. It is more difficult than actually producing nuclear material and you know, uh, uh, putting together the, the, the basically a bomb that will explode. I mean, we did that in 1945. Uh, and by 1961, uh, by the late 1950s actually, we had a miniaturized warhead that by 1961 was installed in the in the Minuteman One uh, ballistic missile, uh, and by 1965 I think we had at least 400 of those, you know, uh, deployed. Uh, so it can be done if you've got the resources, if you've got something like the United States or like Russia, <laughs> if you've got a, a much larger economy, which at that point was subsidizing North Korea. Uh, as well as access to the key, you know, engineering uh, uh, details, secrets, as it were, um, to produce the war. And, of course, the Russians, <laughs> they produced evidence. They actually tested these things. It wasn't until, you know, the 70s that everybody agreed, all right, no more testing out in the open. Um, but they would actually, you know, launch a missile. Uh, which which we could detect, and it would it would go you know uh, you know thousands of you know kilometers uh, uh, you know across Russia, and then it go land and go boom. Uh, and of course, we re- we reported on how the United States and Russia continue to test their missiles, live test. Now they don't put a nuclear warhead on them, but they put on a telemetry package. Now, whether or not our nuclear warheads will actually work, we're taking it on faith in simulation because. Again, there's no more underground tests allowed either. So it, it, you know, it's probable that ours, and to a lesser extent the Russian ones, actually, you know, do work because they're produced by a modern industrial economy, which has proven repeatedly that it can, uh, with enough time and effort, produce this sort of thing. Um, the uh, Indians and Pakistanis also produce nuclear weapons, but again, they have neither of them has actually tested uh, the uh, the warhead because again, you can't detonate these things out in the open. So they're taking it on faith that it's going to work, which is one reason why uh, they continue to deploy a lot of their nuclear weapons uh, on on fighter bombers that are going to be delivered by a jet. This is a much more reliable weapon. It doesn't require all the the, the miniaturization, the heat shield, uh, the, the reliability in uh, in the extreme conditions, uh, you know, gravitational, you know, you know, and and, and heat and and vibration and what have you, that a a nuclear warhead goes through as it is launched and then re-enters the atmosphere. Uh, there is no proof that the North Koreans have achieved all that. In fact, the Japanese pointed out. 
when one of their two most recent tests, which again were not a test of a working ICBM, they were simply a test of a new engine that could basically get a a a, a ICBM, a longer range ballistic missile, high enough so that if it had a guidance system and a reentry vehicle uh, that worked. It could basically arch over instead of coming straight down like these two did, or pretty nearly straight down. Uh, it could basically glide uh, and then accurately maneuver and hit, you know, within you know uh, uh, a couple of miles. I mean, the early ICBMs were accurate to within you know five or ten miles, and, and then it got better and better as time went on, and you had more practice. The North Koreans have had no practice now. Is China or Russia going to help them out? <laughs> I mean, they have either deliberately or inadvertently uh, helped North Korea out, uh, you know, by selling them Cold War surplus stuff, uh, which the North Koreans proved that they could then, you know, reassemble and and rebuild, uh, at least in terms of of, of uh, missiles. But none of those missiles has really proven all that reliable and combat ready. Uh, at best. The uh, North Koreans have Scud type missiles, which they've had for, you know, uh, over, you know, for, oh, God, 30, oh, since the 1970s. Um, and uh, they, uh, they've they been developing them themselves separately from the 80s and into the 90s. But that is, that is basically, you know, World War II technology. That's what the Scud is based on, the German V2. Um, the uh, uh, North Koreans have not basically shown that they have done any of this they say they have and for a long time you know people basically looked at it like we did uh hey you know well where's the proof uh, but <clears throat> you basically have a situation where it is in the interest <laughs> the political interest of uh, whomever uh to uh of, especially of kim jong-un to convince people that yes we probably do uh now, this secret, you know, anal analysis that New York, the, the Washington Post had got it leaked, leaked to, and they report, I don't know if they, I don't know how much detail they put out. I mean, there's a lot of detail involved in this analysis. I mean, I've, I've worked with the CIA for a long time. We would discuss, you know, even before the end of the Cold War, you know, technology and what have you. I mean, literally for a while I was a consultant on how to present this complex, complex data to Congress people because they had a hard problem with that. But they had in, they had to, uh, not that I had privy to it, uh, in the classified sessions, they had to go in there and basically show uh, to the zero, you know, uh, engineers and nuclear physicists that they were usually on these committees, um, uh, what they had and, and why it was true and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you basically have a Congress, uh, even at that point, it was largely lawyers and they had their own staffs. And every conclusion they make is basically filtered through, well, what do I need politically? Uh, because everybody assumed during the Cold War, and this was generally true and validated after the war, that nobody was really willing to use nuclear weapons. It was the, by by the end of the uh, the Cold War, uh, uh, we were talking about, hey, you know, mutually assured destruction worked. But the problem with Kim Jong Un, it's not mutually assured; it's mutually threatened. We might, so you better, you know. Do something. And what he's waiting for is for us to get sufficiently scared where he can basically uh, uh, make a generous offer of how much we have to pay him to back off. 
Now, you know how that's going to work. Uh, so what we have here is not a problem of miniaturization, but a problem of extortion and uh, a scam, in effect. And they have demonstrated this again and again. This is this is something we know is true. Uh, if you want them to back off a little bit, you give them a lot of stuff. They need a lot of stuff. They need oil. I mean, that was the whole point behind the 1990s deal. Uh, that the United States made uh, to get them to stop. But of course, they basically invoked the fine print and said, well, yeah, we stopped what we said we stopped, but we didn't say we we're going to stop this other way of producing, you know, nuclear material. And of course, they didn't say, you know, say we're going to stop, you know, uh, trying to bake, borrow, or steal, or develop on their own uh, the technology for the heat shields, the miniaturization, uh, basically the warhead reliability, uh, which, uh, again, we've reported well, I knew about during the Cold War, there were problems where at times, you know, whole classes of, of American nuclear warheads were were basically uh, not working and, and it wasn't realized. I, I, this is this scandal came out after the uh, after the uh, Cold War ended. I think it was it was verified that the uh, the Navy ballistic missiles, the sea launch ballistic missiles, uh, there was a a, a problem uh, that nobody recognized again because you can't test these things. Um, and they said, whoops, uh, these probably, you know, uh, none of them would have worked if it actually came to war. Now, again, nobody really worried about that when you had basically a couple of superpowers, you know, threatening each other. It was basically, uh, you know, an official way to, uh, you know, uh, uh, keep each other honest, as it were. Uh, and everybody respected that as long as it was a major power. But what do you do when somebody with a proven record of, a being broke, B making things up, uh, and and C desperately needing you know uh, 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 A that is free of any strings and restrictions uh, uh, tells you that yep I've got it nothing zip zero so there you go my my, my question is where's the proof right Austin. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me let me begin this by uh, going back to uh, 1997, and I participated in a ballistic missile defense organization exercise out at uh, Fort Bliss. BIMDO, as it was called, was what uh, SDI was renamed during the Clinton administration. Clinton administration went and took a name that had uh, been used uh, within the Department of Defense on some ballistic missile. Uh, uh, defense uh, issues uh, earlier because they were uh, completely against Reagan's strategic defense initiative. They had un anathematized it. But it, it continued on, and I, I had a reserve billet in it for uh, four years in their op section. So I'm participating in this exercise out at, at Fort Bliss. It's a missile defense exercise using, and I'll give a. It was a good test uh, in, in a lot of ways. We had uh, Patriot Pack 3 uh, units, uh, Navy uh, Aegis, uh, even played a couple of advanced Aegis uh, uh, missiles that weren't available in 97 but are now, and I'm referring here to the really the improved Standard 3, which is an exo-atmospheric uh, uh, anti-ballistic missile. Did not play what is now the ground-based uh, missile mid-course uh, defense system uh, with a ground-based interceptor. That's the ICBM one. Didn't, didn't have that in there. Now, exercise going on. 
who are we really defending against? Well, in the discussion, and this is side discussion, as to who presents problems for us. Well, Saddam was still considered to be a problem because he was already escaping the, the cage. He was he was known to be to back to developing uh, ballistic missiles, and he he had uh, used them in the uh, so-called Kuwait War, Persian Gulf War of uh, of, of 1990 and 91. And but the other two states were. Iran and North Korea. And the reason didn't have anything to do, it had to do with technology in one way. But in another way, it was intent. Intent to acquire nuclear weapons and to acquire reliable delivery systems that are not only within you know, their immediate enemies, where uh, that, in other words, that Iran could use it on Iraq or use them on the Saudis or heaven forbid, on the Turks or, yeah, well, there's the, because, you know, Iran said into it with uh, everybody, Dan, uh, but could threaten beyond their immediate borders. And, of course, with Iran, you focused uh, rhetorically on Israel, but there was knowledge that we'd like to put, be able to put a nuke uh, on Paris, London, or even threaten the United States. Same thing with North Korea. North Korea has intent, and this is the way I worded. It was not the side discussion among the the, the missile defense, defense community. Is that yeah they have intent because they still want to win the Korean War. It's not over. Now Jim frames it, and he's he's right about the game. Heavens, you you can see I think uh, in that uh, on point archive, my creator syndicate columns. I think I've got at least 10 or 11 in there over the last 17 years, it might be more than that, where I talk about the extortion game. It might, it might, it might average, it might be about as many as 15, not quite one a year. But the, that, is, that is the way North Korea has played this game. Uh, and you, we went through two phases of, uh, I'll use the word appeasement with it. There was the agreed framework, which is what the Clinton administration's political and diplomatic and economic carrots with a non-existent stick, really. There was supposed to be a stick to it, but carrots and you guys quit developing nukes. And as Jim described it, the North Koreans cheated on it completely. Uh, Then the other one was going with South Korea in the lead, which was called the Sunshine uh, Policy, which was, we're going to slowly, uh, uh, what we're going to try to do is engage North Korea and show North Korea that they can make money, that they can uh, acquire technology, some of the goodies in life, and we'll even – South Korea has even saw it as a project where they could begin to uh, improve the lives of North Koreans at, so that there wouldn't be such a disparity between North and South Korea. No, no, the, North, the South Koreans are terribly concerned that if the North collapses, it's going to be uh, West Germany picking up the tab for East Germany, except it's going to be, what, 40 or 50 times worse because East Germany was in far better shape than North Korea. That was the idea behind the sunshine policy. Uh, didn't work. North Korea 
continued, and this goes back to why I started off with a discussion about intent, to develop increasingly long-range ballistic missiles. And in, I think it was 2006, when they had their first test, nuclear, <coughs> nuclear test, which was, <coughs> excuse me, called the fizzle, and Jim described it accurately, <coughs> didn't really work. But they've stayed at it. <coughs> and they've also, starting in 2011, and here's where Jim and I diverge in, in, in our read on this. In 2011, they accelerated their ballistic missile test program. Uh, they started shooting more, and even though many of them didn't work, that's really how you run a missile uh, development program. You gotta shoot, you gotta test it, you gotta fire it, and keep firing. And they've got intent, they've done it. Now I'm gonna mention before I get into the nukes, a missile that really disturbed me, <clears throat> and I wrote about it, I think we even talked about it on a strategy talk, in uh, February, Dan, and that's their what they call their Polaris too. I, Jim, you might correct my uh, pronunciation, but I did hear this on a web broadcast. Puck Duck Song Two, I think that's what uh, it's called, and it's a solid fuel missile. It was launched from a tractor, a, a erector uh, uh, launcher, uh, and uh, it had uh, you know had a cold launch capability because it's a probably a, a submarine launched. Uh, capable missile, and it is an intermediate range, and not that great a range for an intermediate range but, uh, ballistic missile. But it's that was a real uh, uh, development to have a solid fuel, uh, mid-range uh, IRBM that they could fire from a, a tractor uh, erector launcher. Uh, tra it was a tracked one too, as I uh, as uh, as I recall. So they've made progress. Now, Jim's analysis of this Kwasong 14, which we had two tests of variants of it in, in, in July, one on July the 4th, and that was, uh, that was a fireworks for us. That was for the United States, where they have ICBM-like characteristics. And I've written a, about this. Uh, I wrote a long piece for the, uh, the New York Observer uh, uh, about it. Uh, and I also have in, included it in another uh, essay, essay I wrote about it. It's not really a, an ICBM, but it's longer range. And then they fired the other one right at the end of the month. That is, as Jim described, it did. It, it 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 went to an altitude that if you change the trajectory of it, now you're looking at something that theoretically. <clears throat> not theoretically, it could hit the Pacific Northwest. Some analysts said it could go uh, go further, just a range fan. And if you can bring Southern California into the range fan, now you're, you're you can see you're moving into the beyond the Pacific uh, uh, Northwest, and you're taking in part of the uh, United States. Uh, that is is an extortion. Yes. At the same time, it is a program to develop a working ballistic missile that can hit targets in the United States. Another point, 2013, the, the government Kim, and Kim Jong-un uh, touted it, showed what it, a, miss, a missile test, uh, excuse me, a missile trajectory map that had Washington and Austin, Texas on it, 
as well as Los Angeles, and I think Honolulu was there. And the reason Austin, Texas was on it, because that's where Samsung's big, uh, faci- biggest facility in the Western Hemisphere is. North Korea's terribly <clears throat> jealous of South Korea. And so that, that was the uh, political and economic stroke behind that. But there's intent. There's intent. Now let's go back to the miniaturization. Oh, I want one other point, too. Guam and parts of Alaska, especially the Aleutians, have been within range of North Korean missiles for quite a while. We're not too worried about it. And, you know, Guam is where America's day begins. It may be where America's next big war begins, based on the threats from uh, uh, North Korea. But Guam's protected with THAAD, <clears throat> has Navy Aegis ballistic missile defense uh, uh, ships uh, uh, in the area, and they might get one shot at it. Uh, Honolulu. We are going to put, I think, Aegis ashore in there uh, as well. So we've got some missile defenses to stop the one first shot that North North Korea has, uh, where they can hit us now, uh, contemporarily. But do they have miniature nukes? Well, Jim doubts it because they haven't proved it. This report that the Washington Post has out now is... uh, is disturbing because it indicates that there was some suspicion uh, as in the in 2013 that that they might have uh, the North Korea might have had these nukes. Jim's described very uh, cor- correctly how difficult it is to mate a nuclear warhead to a ballistic missile. Far better to keep it on a bomb uh, on a bomb and, and drop it uh, drop it from an airplane. But that airplane is not going to get from Pyongyang to Honolulu. It's not going to get to Guam. Might get to Seoul. I doubt that it could get to Tokyo. The missile might, which is why they go after uh, uh, go after the missiles. Now, you've got intent. You still have time to stop North Korea from developing nuclear weapons that they're hell bent on developing. They also spend, and this is, uh, you know, it's tough. To get an accurate es- estimate on how much a, a dictatorship spends on something, but I've seen figures saying that 30 to 35 percent of the miserable GDP that North Korea has goes not just for the military, but their weapons development programs. They're actually totally bent on 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 producing. Now, there are the threats that they make. The South Koreans are tired of the threats. The Japanese are tired of the th- uh, are, are tired of, uh, are, t- are tired of the threats. Has the game run out? Now, if the game's run out and North Korea doesn't get its money, and Jim was, I think you were alluding to that, Jim. You know what happened? What, what's next? Are they going to be shown to be a bluff? It's a big bluff. Uh Leave that up in the air. North Korea does have conventional capabilities with all their artillery, and I'm somebody who believes that they really can uh, launch uh, a devastating conventional artillery barrage on about the northern quarter, northern third of Seoul. Uh, won't, they, they won't be able to maintain it, but they'll, they'll, damage, they'll damage the city and, 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 and deal uh, South Korea a, a blow. But then, uh, the, then the 
Korean War then has truly reignited, and you'll you'd have a elements of a ground conflict there, and and the the we counter bombardment would include almost everything that the U.S., Japan, and South Korea have. So North Korea, I don't know that that's real option for North Korea, but they do have that for the initial two or three days if they when they expend all their artillery in the, that they've got on the northern side of the DMZ. I just bring that up because you got You can't ignore that uh, when you uh, you look at what uh, a uh, war on the peninsula would look like. So I'll I'll stop it there, Dan. I do think I, I do think the threat is real. Whether the nukes are miniaturized and capable of being delivered right now, I doubt it like Jim does. But I believe they're going for it. Well, it sure will be interesting to watch it all uh, unfold. <laughs> it could be a very exciting time. Um, whether the, you know, the U.S. military can, or the Chinese can back them down, that will be the... Uh, real interesting thing here well what's 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 going to back them down is what is shaping up here is a is a test the north koreans have said they're going to fire uh four of their shorter range ballistic missiles at guam uh, as a demonstration that's the way it's being interpreted um simply a proof of concept as they say um and we are apparently going to try and shoot them down and now, we've got, we've got some. But wait, but wait, wait, wait. Let me finish here. <laughs> sure. uh, uh, we have got. There are problems with, uh, and they North Koreans. Some of them are, are apparently aware of this. Uh, there are problems with the the weapons we have deployed. The Thad, the Aegis, you know, the the Pac three, whatever. Basically, it comes down to the Aegis and the and the Thad uh, in South Korea. Uh, to intercept uh, missiles headed for Guam. Now, Guam also has defenses. Uh, now, these weapons have been – these defensive systems have been tested. Uh, they've been proven very reliable, and they've been tested fairly recently. I mean, you know, that has been very good. Uh, but, you know, in, in combat, you know, it's always a little different. If nothing else is that, – That's 15 for 15 right now in, in Exactly. But, the, but, the, but the, the trouble with that is the tests have been incremental. In other words, they've been they've, – yes, they've been successful. Um but it, only recently have they actually tested up against it. What, what is in effect a real missile? Uh, under you know, the only the last few tests have been been like might be considered you know combat uh, you know readiness tests, and they were successful. Uh, so yes, we, we they probably work. Um, and uh, the thing is, if the North Koreans uh, fire those four missiles and they all get off the ground and, and head towards uh, Guam. And are all shot down, then North Korea is in a very embarrassing situation. Now, something else you have to understand, and we explain this regularly in strategy page. There is more going on here than you know threats of, of nuclear weapons against the United States. What it comes down to is, uh, ever since you know the the, the, uh, the South Korea overtook North Korea economically. Uh, you know, basically in the 1980s, before the Cold War ended, and then rocketed ahead, you know, industrialized. They're now one of the top 10 economies in the, on the planet. And as Austin points out, that's very embarrassing to the, the North Koreans. <laughs> totally. And what's, what's even more embarrassing is the, the news is getting through. The cell phones, uh, you know, they, 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 they are spending money they don't have 
for example, to put an electrified fence along their Chinese border. That's how desperate they are to try and keep people out. They are they are making all sorts of deals with the Chinese to uh, round up and return people who have escaped. Uh, but the problem is the biggest leak, the biggest source of leaks is what they consider essential because they have to do business with the Chinese uh, to export the few things they can. Well, now they can't export technically, uh, you know, the coal and the, and the minerals and what have you. But these Chinese – you know, they'll shut down. They have shut down some operations. They expect, in effect, to have immunity, and they, and they generally do. They walk in with their cell phones, uh, satellite phones, whatever the hell they want. Uh, they get their way, and they get back, and they talk. Uh, for a long time, they only talked to Chinese intelligence debriefers. But, you know, in the last 10 years, more and more, they're just allowed to go down to the local bar and say, oh, you wouldn't believe what those crazy Koreans are doing over there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is what's really worrying North Korea because the news is getting out. And as our latest reporting indicated, not only that, but the corruption is spreading to the secret police. Uh, now, this started again. We detail that month by month. You go, you go in strategy page, which is which is probably one of the better, you know, unclassified, uh, you know, sources of this sort of analysis. Uh, and we describe the gradual progression of again information getting out and the uh, and the and the and the and the crumbling of the internal controls inside of North Korea. Now. Uh, this, you would think, would produce uh, information on the weapons program. It doesn't because the North Koreans are aware of that and they basically did borrow from the Russians uh, who did this during the Cold War. They basically isolated their, their, their key uh, uh, research and, and engineering uh, crew in, into closed communities. They live very well, but they're prisoners. The Soviets had these 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 uh, these uh, science cities in the Urals and what have you, uh, uh, where people basically were pampered, but they were prisoners. And as long as they they produced, uh, you know, they were okay. Um, but this gets down to the problem that again Austin described: Seoul, which has about you know I, I think you know over twenty percent of the, the population and uh, over th a third of the GDP is concentrated in Seoul. Now you think, well, why did they build it all so close? Well, when they were industrializing, that was not a major, you know, factor, and and, and the North Koreans weren't as threatening, as desperate. Uh, but now it's there; you can't move it. We just moved, you know, our, our our headquarters out of Seoul after you know years of debating and and yada yada. It was in the middle of, of Seoul uh, when I was there in, in the early '60s, and. Uh, the, they, it was it was within well within artillery range, uh, as my unit was, you know, tw twenty kilometers further south um, of the of the North Koreans. Well, now they made the North Koreans make their secret attack. We will basically, you know, wreck your economy, kill thousands of people, maybe more. But what what you know, this works both ways. The South Koreans are very well aware of that, and the threats they're making now, and they are. Back to the North Koreans, and and the, the South Koreans are very secretive, as well they should be. Um, they're they're basically saying to the North Koreans, "You do it, and your threat might not work. You know what we, you have an idea of what we have. 
they have basically the South Koreans basically have uh, the equivalent of the F-15 E, you know, the fighter bomber. They have they have uh, they have ballistic missiles, uh, which we have now unleashed them from. It used to be we restricted them from building them, but now they said, look, build whatever you want. And bingo, within months <laughs> they had some of these these designs, you know, in production. Um, they have. Uh, uh, intelligence resources, uh, which are much better now that the, the, the borders are porous and what have you. More people coming out. There are 30,000 uh, North Koreans living in South Korea now. They all get debriefed, uh, you know, uh, before they're accepted. It, it, you're basically given South Korean citizenship. Um, and uh, there is a lot of information they know. Uh, what they have a good idea of what the North Koreans have and what shape it's in. It's in bad shape. Uh, you know that the troops, even even the elite troops, you know, manning the the long range weapons are you know, and the and the special forces uh, are basically uh, encountering food shortages and shortages of all types. They don't get the fuel to train. Uh, uh, they don't get the fuel to stay warm during the winter. As they used to, and this this basically is known. Senior, more and more senior people are are defecting, and this means in many cases they're leaving their families behind to be killed, uh, or at least at the very least sent to labor camps where they'll slowly die uh, if unless the situation changes very quickly. So that's how desperate they are. But they're not getting any key technical people. And one thing, the senior people, you know, we're talking about cat, what we call cabinet level up there. They are very compartmentalized with their information and information on what exactly goes on. I mean, we, we know from these senior people, the, they've confirmed the satellite imagery that, that, yes, this is where some of these research facilities are. And yes, they, they have, we, we believe, and these guys, all they have is rumors themselves because it's on a need-to-know basis. And very few people need to know. So but, but at least we flesh it out. We know they have it. But... As Austin points out, you know they're devoting a third, up to a third of their their GDP to this, and that's not a lot because they they not only don't they have a lot of GDP to begin with, um, but they haven't got access to whatever they want out there. Uh, you know they, they 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 can't even steal. The Chinese have cut them off. Now the problem with the Chinese is the Chinese. Well, not a lot. They, they've been very frank with this, both openly and in, apparently, you know, in, 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 in uh, how should I put it, quiet negotiations. They told the South Koreans, under no circumstances will you be allowed to occupy North Korea. Now, the South Koreans don't like to talk about that because the idea of, of, of liberating their brothers up north has been a, a, you know, a goal, you know, for years. Uh, and the North Koreans... Jim, less so now, really. Are they, well, no, no, no. Yes, yes. No, no. We explained that. I yeah. remember. I remember back in the uh, back in the nineties. I was joshing with uh, South Korean uh, TV crews who were doing a you know a you know a, a, a news spot. I was preparing in a news spot, um, and off camera I would mention that, and they give me dirty looks. They said, "Yeah, you know, they shrugged their show. I mean, they they understood English pretty well, but they didn't like you know you know American foreigners to remind them." Uh, that you know, because what the North Korea, what the South Koreans had done, the minute you know the, the Germanys reunited, they sent technical experts over there. They're big fans of Germans in general, but that's another story. They like all. I mean, it's right. Korea is one of the South Korea is one of the few places in in in, in 
in the uh, in Asia where you'll find real German beer and German pastry shops. But anyway, be that as it may, they uh, they they always had good relations with the uh, the West Germans and the Germans, and they got all the technical information they wanted. And the report, and this came out in the South Korean media, you know, uh, beginning twenty years ago, that how much it'll cost them a trillion dollars, you know, much more per capita than it costs the Germans to basically rehabilitate East Germany. Uh, and so, yes, Austin, you know, just reminded me as if the Koreans wanted to be reminded uh, they, they really prefer not to. So but the thing is, the Chinese have recently moved more combat units, not border security units, but combat units to the uh, North Korean border. And they are openly exercising that. What are they exercising? They're not going to be fighting South Koreans or Americans or Japanese. It's obvious they're they're basically ex- training to cross the the uh, the, uh, the 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 river, the Yellow River, and basically um, stabilize uh, North Korea if the regime collapses or whatever, however you want to describe it in diplo speak, um, because that's basically where it's headed anyway, with or without you know a a nuclear scare, um, and the Chinese basically don't want to do it. But they figure it's better than having, you know, the South Koreans go and, and begrudgingly, you know, uh, you know, spend uh, lower their standard of living, you know, uh, 20, 30 percent for a, a decade or more um, in order to rehabilitate the North. Um, but the uh, but the Chinese realize they're going to have to uh, eventually. I mean, they, they've been putting it off and putting it off. They don't like to admit it because it's not the sort of thing you want to admit. Uh, but that's the way it works. I mean, that's. That is, is openly discussed in China now. For years, they wouldn't allow, but the great the great firewall of China, the Internet censor bureau, censorship bureaucracy, three million strong. Um, they basically were occasionally they'll open it up, and people will quickly discover, hey, now you can badmouth Kim Jong Un, and for a while they call it, you know, Kim Jong Fatty. They call him, and all sorts of other, you know, descriptive, you know, accurate but uh, not complimentary, you know, descriptions. Uh, and of course, now, I mean, they turned on the hate. You know, uh, you know, uh, 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 limits for uh, Japan uh, in the last ten years to pressure Japan or whatever, uh, and the Japanese didn't appreciate that, uh, and they toned that back. But it's now it's been open season on on uh, North Korea for you know last four or five years. It, it waxes and wanes as it were, but basically when it was when the, when the spigot was fully open and the censors said, "All right, let them let them speak freely," as it were, that we're talking about hundreds of millions of, of internet users in, in China. Uh, they were, I mean, they they understand what's going on in the world, especially next door, and they consider the North Koreans. Well, especially the government to be a bunch of nuts, but to basically be ungrateful, you know, greedy, untrustworthy, et cetera, et cetera. You name it. It sounds much more colorful in Mandarin. Um, but the, uh, the 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 bottom line is uh, they are basically resigned to the uh, to the to the to the uh, probability that the North Koreans are blowing smoke. They're not going to get their way. They're not going to be able to shake down the China, you know, South Korea, the United States and Japan to basically subsidize them, you know, to the tune of God knows what. Um, and eventually it's all going to come crashing down and they're going to have to pick up the pieces. Well, boo-hoo. Be that as it may, it could get messy because the option that North Koreans still have is to pull the trigger. Now, a lot of South Korean military analysts, uh, and, and it's been heading in this direction, 
they are wondering, will the trigger work? It's rusty, it's et cetera, et cetera. But who wants to take the chance if it's your country, if your capital is going to get trashed, you could have tens of thousands of, of, of civilians uh, killed if they if they use chemical warheads, which they definitely have. Uh, you got nerve gas casualties on an unprecedented, uh, you know, scale. Uh, so it's an outcome, you know, it, it's a, it's a victory that, you know, it's basically a defeat for everyone, just a, a, a matter of degree, you know, who lose now the North Koreans will lose the most, but the South Koreans have more to lose and they don't want to lose it. But you notice they're being very quiet. They're not telling us, Hey, back down, quiet down, quiet down. No, they're basically fed up, even though they have a new government, which is more inclined to, you know, talk, say, Hey, come on, let's, let's discuss this. And they got basically, you know, blown off by the North Koreans. Uh, so the South Koreans, even though they have a lot more at stake than anybody else, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's no it's no bluff that the North Koreans could trash Seoul and a lot of the economy, you know, within hours. But, uh, and uh, yes, it's true, they've, they've got to great lengths uh, to, to make it uh, uh, less damaging and what have you, but who wants to take the chance? But, you know, North, Kim Jong-un, he feels he hasn't got any choice. I mean, the guy's desperate. Because basically he's headed down, and if he doesn't do something to reverse this, you know he is literally going down. Uh, and they were very upset by what happened in in Eastern Europe in the in the 1989, especially what happened in Romania, where Ceausescu, who had a regime, a government very similar to North Korea, uh, the secret police turned around and shot them, executed. Ah, the enemies of the people, the real enemies of the people, are dead. Thing. And Adam went from there. Dan, I want to make one last point. One last point on this. And, and, and Jim and I have both been tangential on it. What's it going to cost after to pick up the, the pieces for North Korea? And Jim is saying, well, China's realizing it's going part of it's going to be on them. South Korea has, and, and, and Jim pointed out that South Korea, you know, tried to get as much information from the Germans as they could about uh, w- what it was taking to modernize uh, uh, East Germany and integrate it into in, into West West Germany, which is you know modern contemporary Germany. Uh, they started a reunification fund, I think, officially in 2010. And the aim was by 2050, I think the initial – I'm doing this off the top of my head – to have $5 trillion that they could use to uh, build modern roads and railroads and infrastructure and and power lines uh, in in North Korea. And yet there was some some uh, individuals pointing out, commentators saying, $5 trillion. That's just the beginning of it. And you'll you'll see – isn't it really going to be ten trillion? It's an extraordinary amount of money, which is part of the reason South Korea's, you know, all right, we're going to save for the future uh, on this, but they're reluctant to pay for the collapse of North Korea. They don't think it's their uh, their problem. They don't want it laid on them the way they think West Germans accepted that East Germany was their problem. South Korea's there's been a change uh, over the uh, over the years, and uh, it. Who knows what will happen with it? I'll leave it at that. But the the money money is a factor here. Yes, and and the, and remember, the South Koreans would be willing to put a lot of money into North Korea if they knew it was going into building roads and basically helping North Korean people. That they have no qualms about. So that the case Diesel, that case song of you know economics, right? Song, exactly. Exactly. Great idea. It didn't which, work. Which, which, which the North Koreans shut down in, in a peak a because idea. they tried to extort. But the problem is, or the opportunity is, the, the South Koreans may have a private deal with the Chinese 
It's saying, look, if, if nothing else works, as it were, whichever way you want to phrase it, if it comes down to you coming in there, if you can basically allow our aid uh, officials to basically supervise the, you know, these projects, we will pay. And we'll complain well, that's, that's, and, and we'll, we'll cuss you out and what have you because you're not allowing us to free North Korea. But the, the South Koreans do care about the, the North yeah. Koreans. They don't care about Kim Jong-un. Dan, I'm, I've got to go here. Yep. So. And uh, we'll wrap it up there. I think, uh, it, as usual, it's an interesting discussion. Talk to you next time. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Take bye. care.